Welcome to episode 55 of the Holly Springs Deep Dive Podcast. This week, I get to introduce you to a local grower of industrial American hemp who turns it into extremely pure CBD oil. Her farm is on land close to Holly Springs that's been in her family for generations. So stick with me if you want to find out what the big deal is about CBD oil, what it is, what it isn't, and what to look for when you buy it. There's even a promo code in today's show notes that will save you some money if you decide to give one of her products a go. Before we get started, if you're enjoying this podcast, consider becoming a supporter by clicking the Patreon link on my website at hollyspringsdeepdive.com. This podcast is free to listen to, but not free to make. Okay, ready for CBD 101? Let's dive in. We're talking today to Janie Dickens. She owns Healing Green Farms. Uh, she's a local who grows organic American hemp and makes CBD oil. She's going to give us sort of a CBD 101. Welcome back to the show, Janie. Hey, Karen. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to get to talk about this subject. Yeah. Um, I say welcome back because you've been on the show before. You talked to us about how to keep kids engaged with online learning almost a year ago. Um, and that kind of relates to how you got into the CBD business. Um, did you think back, I'm going to step back a little bit. Did you think all those months ago that we would be going on a year of online <laughs> learning when we talked about that? No, indeed. No. And uh, it's interesting because I, you know, I got into, um, I've, as an educator, I, I was, I've been working with kids and families and trauma-informed teaching and learning for years. And then about two years ago, I began this uh, adventure with hemp and CBD uh, after um, seeing how my own child really responded beautifully to the product many years ago, actually, when it first became available. But, uh, but yeah, one of my friends recently said, you know, if more people spent more money on CBD instead of at the ABC store, we might be in better shape right now a year into this. But, um, but yeah, it's, these are crazy times for sure. Yeah. So what does CBD oil stand? What does CBD stand for? Let's start at the very basic level. So CBD er, is kind of an abbreviation for the word cannabidiol, which is a compound found in cannabis. And so because I'm using the term cannabis, I should probably define it for everybody. You know, we think of cannabis as being marijuana. And the truth is that cannabis really is a lot of different things. And so when we in North Carolina are growing cannabis, it is a particular chemical. There's a required chemical makeup for that cannabis, which causes it to be classified as industrial hemp. And so what's the difference between industrial hemp and marijuana? Mainly, it's that industrial hemp has very, very, very small amounts of the compound THC. And I'm not going to give you that chemical name because it's really <laughs> fun. Um, but THC is what we know makes marijuana psychoactive. So it, what, it's what gets you high. And the plants that we grow in North Carolina, because of the law in North Carolina, have to be only trace amounts of, of THC. And, and in the finished product, it has to be less than 0.3%. And the state takes that requirement extremely seriously, as you can imagine. So as a hemp farmer, um, you have to expect the state to come in randomly and test your plants. And if one plant in your whole crop 
pests at above that legal limit, the state will destroy your entire crop. So I have known farmers who have had fire set to their to hundreds of acres of hemp because the state came in and randomly tested and it was a little too hot. That's the term that we call it. Um, and so it's very, very um, important for local folks to understand that when you're seeing these plants growing in the field, indeed, those are industrial hemp plants and not marijuana plants. And um, the state monitors that very closely. So CBD is one compound found in the hemp and cannabis and the hemp plant. THC is another compound that we just talked about, but there are over 80 compounds in cannabis. And so we're just starting to understand what all of those compounds can do for the human body and also for animals, frankly. Um, and so CBD is, it's a little bit of a misnomer because when you buy a product that's called a full spectrum extract, which is what I sell um, from Healing Green Farms, it has all of the compounds in it. Just We're just really heavy on CBD. So that's a, okay. a little bit of background. So you brought up marijuana. How is CBD, how is the kind of hemp that you use different from the illegal marijuana? So marijuana are plants that produce flowers that have high amounts of THC. And industrial hemp produces flowers that have very, very low amounts of THC. And I like to explain this like I would um, explain that one tomato plant could produce a German Johnson tomato that um, is the size of your palm and, and not very acidic and very firm on the inside. And then another tomato plant could produce a purple Cherokee. Those are my two favorite varieties, by the way. Um, and then yet another plant, you know, can come up with cherry tomatoes that are tiny and highly acidic and, you know, um, completely different chemical makeup. And that is true about cannabis. Um, there is kind of a never ending um, exploration of the different kinds of cannabis plants. And lots of people have been, you know, cross um, pollinating. So we get different varieties um, kind of building their own, um, so to speak. And that's, you know, that's important to understand that um, just because it looks like a marijuana plant does not necessarily mean there's anything illegal about it, but it is very deceptive because they all look very distinctive. They have the same aroma. If you, <laughs> if you smell an industrial hemp plant, it's going to smell like a marijuana plant. Um, but it is indeed chemically very different. Okay. How did you, how did you even start doing this? Yeah. So my daughter, who is uh, almost 20 now, she was a kid with high levels of anxiety when she was much younger. And because I was a teacher and, and plugged in with the special needs community, doing a lot of advocacy work and also working with post-institutionalized kids, um, I've just always been plugged into kind of the alternative therapies area for children. And so some years ago, when there was first talk about this new compound or new product, it was Charlotte's Web. That was the only um, like product available. They, you know, originated it. Some of you may know the story. It's actually a very poignant story about a little girl who had a really horrible seizure disorder, and her parents just couldn't get any relief through Western medicine. And they finally figured out that this, you know, high levels of CBD were reducing her seizure activity dramatically. 
So they worked with um, the industry in Colorado and they were able to um, start growing this very specific plant that was high levels of CBD, low levels of THC. So as soon as that hit the market, um, you know, I, I think I want to say that was eight or nine years ago. Um, I decided we would try it for my daughter. And um, truly, she had been on a cocktail of a variety of antidepressants and anti-anxiety meds. And we're talking about a fifth grader, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when something like this came along and it was an all natural product and it had, you know, other special needs parents had been reporting really amazing kind of improvement. Parents of kids on the spectrum were noticing improvement. Um, I just figured let's give it a try. And it really did a much better job for her than any of the medications she had been on. So I was probably, um, you know, early on, I, I was doing my homework very early on when, when all this industry was just beginning. So we continued to use the best products I could find over the years, but you know, as that industry grew, and this happens always, you know, um, the bigger a company gets, the more hands are in the soup, and it, it doesn't always maintain the quality that, that it maybe once had. And so I started to notice um, that there were some claims being made that, you know, were uncomfortable, like that the product had trace amounts of heavy metals in it, that there was were tests coming back that showed um, pesticide residue in the plants. Um, And so I started doing more homework, and this was probably about three years ago, looking for a better quality product. And the truth is that if the hemp plants are grown outside, it is extremely difficult to produce a clean product because hemp acts like a mop in our environment. It's, it's quite fascinating if you really start to read and learn about the plant. In fact, uh, hemp is used um, in Eastern Europe still to um, extract the radioactive elements from the air, water, and soil around the Chernobyl nuclear accident. It, wow. Really, it, it's, uh, it's used to clean up the environment, but Consequently, then, what that means is that the plant is absorbing those toxins and it becomes part of the plant. So then the product that you yield from that plant that's been grown outside, by virtue of the environment that it's been grown in, is going to have some impurities. And when you're thinking about putting a product into your body directly into your bloodstream through your mucous membranes in your mouth, It's sobering to think about putting pesticides and heavy metals (laughs) directly into your bloodstream. So my search for a clean product was not going so well because truthfully, all the big companies are buying crude, which is the, which is the, the most concentrated form of CBD that the farmer produces from the plants. They were buying crude on the open market, no real um, monitoring of where that was coming from. And I just wasn't comfortable with that. So the Farm Bill of 2018 legalized the growth of industrial hemp all over the country. And I have some farmland in Willow Springs, um, a family farm that's been in my family for about 100 years. And um, there was the, the skeleton of a greenhouse on that property. And so I thought, you know what? 
I think I could grow small batches of industrial hemp in this greenhouse or even inside um, one or more of the barns on the property and produce a cleaner product. And so about two years ago, I, I, I did all my homework, right? Because that's what you do. Um, mm-hmm. And then I was ready. And we started growing about two years ago and producing um, CBD products based on those plants that have been grown indoors. We shifted. We, at first, we were growing in organic soil that I purchased from a certified organic farms. But now we're actually growing indoors hydroponically. Um, and everything is 100% clean. So um, I don't have to worry about any toxins getting into my plants. They're indoors. I control the water that they live in, and I control the nutrients that they are fed in order to grow. Um, so my goal was to produce a perfectly clean product, and I think that's what we're doing. Okay. What what sorts of conditions or maladies or problems do does it help? Yeah. So, you know, um, I get this question a lot when I, I, um, I host vendor market events on Saturdays. Um, we're going to be resuming that on March 13th, actually right out at the farm. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's one of the, the biggest questions I get, well, what's it going to do for me? And the truth is, you know, from a scientific standpoint, what we know is that CBD is particularly helpful with a few things that it seems to be common among lots and lots of users. And that is, it's really helpful for reducing inflammation. So anything you've got going on that's related to inflammation in the body uh, can be positively impacted by CBD. And that includes things like all the different forms of arthritis, um, just general aches and pains, even just after a workout, Um, Some people um, have a lot of skin issues that are related to inflammation that they're finding CBD helps with. So it reduces inflammation in the body in general. Um, It's particularly helpful for stress and anxiety. um, And we don't even really understand exactly why. But overwhelming anecdotal um, records and even my own personal experience with my daughter is that it's remarkably helpful at just lowering that baseline threshold of stress and anxiety for folks that are struggling. Um, And so that's something, and to this day, nine years later, my daughter is still (laughs) using CBD. Of course, she uses my brand now, Um, but um, but she still finds it dramatically helpful for um, just her her generalized anxiety. Mm -hmm. So inflammation, anxiety, it's also really helpful for sleep. So for folks that want to um, improve their sleep, taking a full dose about 30 minutes before bedtime has been shown to really improve your sleep quality. Um, And then also kind of finally just pain management. And again, that kind of goes back to inflammation because so much of pain is related to um, inflammation. But there have been some really interesting studies very recently that show the combination of a high dose of CBD And then in states where it's legal, it is not in North Carolina, but in states where it's legal, a high dose of THC for pain management. We're we're talking about folks like cancer patients and chronic pain sufferers. It is more effective in some cases we're finding than the opioids that people are getting addicted to. So, um, So pain, inflammation, anxiety, and sleep. Those are kind of the four big categories. But what's really fascinating also is that 
all human beings have an internal body system called the endocannabinoid system. So we legit come to the planet wired to use the compounds in this plant in a variety of ways. And again, science is just kind of discovering this and and studying it. But that's a great read for your listeners if they want to learn more about the endocannabinoid system. But that really explains why so many people will say, well, it really helped me with my appetite. And then other people will be like, well, it didn't help me with that. (laughs) You know, Um, I get a lot of customers who say that it, it has helped reduce their migraines. It does nothing for my migraines. So it really um, is one of those highly personal things. You you just never know how your body is going to take those compounds and make good use of them. But in general, it's those four main categories, sleep, pain, anxiety, and, oh, I just lost it. (laughs) Your memory? (laughs) Pain management, anxiety, anxiety. Oh, inflammation. Right. Inflammation. That was the other one. Sorry. (laughs) Well, you mentioned anecdotal evidence. How do medical professionals feel about it? What are the, you know, the double blind studies? What do they say about it? So this is what's so important. Well, there's so many things that are important, but for your listeners to understand, doctors have a hard time with this product. And the main reason that they do is because the industry is completely unregulated, totally unregulated. And so for a doctor to say, try CBD, they would be encouraging folks to pick up a product that the doctor has zero awareness of in terms of quality control. And let's talk about what that really means. When I say it's unregulated, I'm talking nobody is checking what is in that bottle. Nobody is stopping any company from putting an ounce of vegetable oil in that bottle and selling it to people as CBD. It is really um, important that the company that you're purchasing this oil from, you have total confidence in because truly there's nothing stopping any of us from putting a faulty product out there. And so I think that's one of the reasons why doctors have such a hard time saying, yes, try it. Um, another reason why they have such a hard time is because there is limited science in terms of CBD's interaction with other medications. And, and I monitor this on a daily basis, truly. Whenever new research is posted, I receive that information automatically because I'm signed up on every conceivable <laughs> message center and, and group um, for this information. But what we know is that, for instance, you know, there are millions and millions and millions of people using this product, and we have yet to have any big scandalous um, detrimental impact statements from anybody. You know, there's there's no lawsuits, you know, out there, which if you think about it, it's kind of miraculous that this many people are using this product and we haven't had anybody claiming, you know, severe harm from it. But what we do know, this is one of the most recent studies, is showing that CBD is processed by the receptors in your body that also process blood thinners. And so it's, it's uh, to put it in layman's terms, what's happening is 
when you take Coumadin or some of those pro- some of those um, prescription medications or injections that the doctor gives you to thin your blood, your body processes those compounds and works them through your system at a certain rate. And that the rate of processing is what determines how thin or thick your blood is. That's how your the viscosity is affected. Mm-hmm. So your doctor is going to prescribe a, a specific amount of blood thinner designed to get your blood to a certain point. And that's different for everybody. And anyone who's ever been on blood thinners knows you have to monitor that closely and you don't want it to get too thin, etc. So what we're seeing is that the receptors that process blood thinner are distracted by CBD. <laughs> it's like CBD is the shiny object. And so they kind of go off to play with the CBD and they forget all about that blood thinner that they're supposed to be processing through your system. And what then happens is the blood thinner lingers a little longer than the pharmacist or the doctor thinks that it would. And that can impact the viscosity so that your blood's too thin. And so one of the things I do whenever I'm at the farm and I'm engaging with customers or online talking to customers, I always ask, hey, just by any chance, are you on any blood thinners? That would be something we should talk about before you buy the product. And unfortunately, I've, I've turned away quite a few people just because I'm not comfortable selling a product that I know needs to be that closely monitored unless that that customer says, nope, I'm, you know, my doc knows I'm using CBD. I got to have it for this, this, and this, and I'm going in and being closely monitored. But for the most part, folks don't know that CBD and truly any cannabis product, um, because it's, it's the cannabis compounds that distract those receptors. So that would be true about medical marijuana as well. And that's why all this came up because it was being studied medical marijuana in conjunction with blood thinners. And that's how we know. Mm-hmm. So doctors have a hard time, you know, they, we don't have a lot of research that shows us about interactions and worse than that, the doctors don't want to be responsible for promoting a product that has no regulation behind it. And so that's really what's going on. Well, when you say that, um, I mean, you can buy CBD oil from health food stores. You can buy it at Marshall's. You can buy it at convenience stores, at CBD stores. You can buy it online. I mean, I assume that there is a wildly varying degree of efficacy and purity among all of these things. I mean, you mentioned that somebody, you know, there's nothing stopping somebody from putting just some regular vegetable oil in a bottle and calling it CBD. That's and right. charging you, you know, a fortune for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, how do you, how do you even figure out what to use? Well, so there are there are truly quality products on the market. You know, I, I'm not. I'm, I, I am someone who feels that my product is as good as I can make it, and I'm sure there are other companies out there making products that are absolutely as good as they can make it. Um, But until there is some regulation, you know, until there is some kind of oversight in this industry, my personal feeling is that you really can't trust any product unless you have a connection to that company and know that there's some ethical stuff going on. And, you know, I've heard other people say, well, you know, these big companies, they, they have too much to lose. They have to put out a quality product. Well, yes, they do. 
But keep in mind, there are no rules. There, this is the wild, wild west for CBD. So let me give you an example of how this can manifest. One of the things that people kind of cling to in this industry, if you're a customer, is, well, I've seen the test results. I know my product is clean because my company, the company I buy from, sends their product off for third-party testing. And absolutely, that needs to be done, and we do it, and, and, and informed consumers are right to look for that testing. But there are lots of ways that that testing is done, and here's an example. When my plants are, are done growing and we harvest the flowers and we, and we process them through something called CO2 extraction, it's, it's the same technique that we get olive oil from olives. When you see cold-pressed olive oil, it's because it's been extracted using CO2. And that's the gold standard for extraction. It doesn't add any chemicals. It's, it's definitely the preferred method. So we process the plant. We get something back called crude, and it looks a little bit like molasses, it, it's extremely fragrant. <laughs> you, you can't miss it. Um, it's very, very, very potent. And it's all of those compounds in its most concentrated form. And I just got done telling you that hemp is a mop in the environment. So mm -hmm. everything that that plant has been exposed to is going to be highly concentrated in the flower that it produces. And then even more so in that tiny little bit of crude that you get back. So to give you an idea, I processed 15 pounds, which isn't much, right? 15 pounds of biomass, my plants. I got back, I got back half a mason jar of crude out of wow. 15 pounds of biomass. And now like 15 pounds, how, like, what's the volume of that? Okay. So that's like, those big brown, you know, the big brown garbage bags for the yard clean up, you know, the big paper ones from Home Depot or Lowe's. Yep. Um, it's about eight of those. Whoa. Okay. So eight of those giant yard bags yielded a half a quart mason jar of crude. So when I tell you that that stuff is highly concentrated, we're, we're taking, <laughs> you know, eight bags down to a half a jar, right? So, Everything that's in those plants is being highly condensed and in that crude. So if there is the slightest imperfection in those plants, it is going to be highly, right, highly manifested in that crude. And so what I do is I take my crude and I send it out for testing. But I have yet to find another company, the big, the big guys anyway, that actually test their crude. Because the truth is, it's really hard to pass those tests, quote unquote, pass them if you're testing your crude because it's so concentrated. So what instead they do is they, they dilute that crude into just a few drops of that in a whole bunch of carrier oil. And they send that off to be tested. And it's much easier to get a quote unquote clean test result that way. Okay, so I see. There, there are lots of ways to manipulate those third party tests is what I'm trying to share. And mm -hmm. so it really isn't enough that you've seen the third-party test results from your company. It's just not enough. There's ways around that, unfortunately. Yeah. So does taking CBD oil um, make you fail a drug test? So this is, again, where trusting the company that you're getting from is really important because 
those products are supposed to have less than 0.3% in that one ounce bottle of THC. And that's what they're testing for. So if you're taking a product and you don't know for sure that they're meeting those legal requirements, the chances of failing a drug test are much increased because you could be taking a product that has a little too much in it and no one's checking. So um, in general, CBD will not make you fail a drug test, but I cannot say unequivocally that it hasn't happened. It does happen. Remember, we all have something called that endocannabinoid system. The way our body processes these compounds is very different from individual to individual. And sometimes we hold on to those compounds longer than other people do. And if you're taking a high dose of CBD and you happen to be one of those people that doesn't metabolize it very quickly, it is possible to fail a drug test. So that is the truth of it. And you do have to be really careful about that if, if that's one of your considerations. Yeah, I guess that would make a difference. I, I, when you said that, it just made me think about when I go to the eye doctor, um, my eyes will stay dilated when they put those little mm. dilation drops in your eyes. My eyes will stay dilated until the next day. Yeah. It takes me forever to get that out of my system. So mm -hmm. I guess it would be the same for for anything. Yeah, indeed. So there are so what this is, it's an oil, and you mentioned that you put it um in your mouth. What does it taste like? Well, it depends. Um, so there are some products on the market that don't have any taste. And because what they've done is they've processed that product with additional chemicals and solvents to remove something called the terpenes from the product. The terpenes give it the flavor and they also uh, have health benefits. So you might see a product called Broad Spectrum. And that is in contrast with full spectrum. So broad spectrum products generally don't have any taste because they've removed all those terpenes and it's just a flavorless oil, or perhaps they've added some mint or synthetic flavors or whatever to it, you know, Girl Scout cookie flavor or whatever. <laughs> Shout out to the Girl Scouts right now. <laughs> but, um, but I sell a product called full spectrum. CBD. And the reason I do not sell broad spectrum is because I'm working so hard to produce a completely pure natural product directly from the plants in its most natural form that I don't want to then fill my product with a bunch of solvents and chemicals to remove the things that nature has put in there. And mm -hmm. so my product is full spectrum. And what science has taught told us, shown us, is that full-spectrum products are more effective. And the reason they're more effective is because of something called the entourage effect. So CBD just works better if it gets to play with all of its friends. The minute you take CBD out in isolation, which is another product called isolate, it does not have the same effectiveness. It just wants to play with its friends. So full spectrum products, generally speaking, are more effective, but they do have those terpenes, those flavors that some people don't care so much for. But here's a tip. When you are taking sublingual oil, which is what we're talking about primarily, the trick is to drop your jaw and lift your tongue. And you can do this in the mirror so you can kind of see what you're doing. But fully drop your jaw, lift your tongue, and that's going to separate that area under your tongue from the rest of your mouth. 
And it's also going to allow that oil to sit in that deep well under your tongue. Hold it there for about a minute. You will not taste anything for that minute because you don't have taste buds under your tongue. (laughs) You have taste buds on the top of your tongue and on the sides of your tongue. So if you drop your jaw and let that deep well um, kind of stay, stay still with your mouth open, then the only time you perceive any taste at all is that fraction of a second when you swallow. And um, a lot, and then if you if you've held it for about a minute and you swallow the oil, if it's really unpleasant to you, you can chase it with something that tastes good. Um, ideally, though, you're not going to eat or drink for about five minutes afterward, um, okay. just to get the the highest benefit. But in general, you just won't taste it while it's sitting in that bottom well of your mouth. So there are other forms of CBD too. I've seen gummies. I've seen like bath bombs, all kinds yeah. of things. What's um, what's up with those? Yeah, let's talk about that. So I recently wrote a blog post all about gummies because I've had so so many of my customers are begging me to make gummies, and I have really been resistant for for a couple of reasons. Number one it's a food product and then it gets into all kinds of stuff. I don't with, with commercial kitchens and stuff I don't want to deal with. Um, and I, I, I would imagine you have enough um, hoops to jump through already with such a highly regulated. Yeah, for, for sure. Um, but the main reason I've been resistant to gummies is, and people don't understand this CBD, that crude that we just talked about that comes from the cold, the, the CO2 processing Mm-hmm. It is an oil in its natural state. It doesn't mix with water. So if we don't hold that compound under our tongue and allow it to enter our bloodstream sublingually, if we just swallow it, like I'll say, I'll hear, I'll have customers say, well, I just squirted it in my coffee and I don't even, no, please don't do that. <laughs> Um, because our gut cannot process it. It is not bioavailable if all we do is swallow it. So you end up losing 60 to 70% of the active ingredient if it just goes straight to your gut. And that's what happens with gummies. So some of it absorbs through our mouth if we chew that gummy up before we swallow. But very few customers who are using gummies are fully dissolving that gummy and then holding it in their mouth afterward for a minute or so to allow the good stuff to get into their system. Most people chew them up like I do my gummy vitamins, which I love, and swallow right away. So CBD is is not in its best form that way. And I don't feel good about selling a product that I know is just not going to help the way it needs to. So I usually try to educate people and just say, look, you're going to, you're going to have such a better experience with the sublingual oils if you can work through the flavor, if that's not an issue. But this is really exciting for us. So we did venture into a different category of products recently. There's a engineer from NC State and um, my dad is a alum, so I feel good about that, um, who developed a way to make CBD water soluble. And that is a game changer in a lot of ways. So if you're going to, if you insist on gummies, and I'm not going to be producing them anytime soon, at least look for gummies that are utilizing water soluble CBD, because then you're actually getting the benefit. So the way we're process, or the, we're, we're, the way we are benefiting from this is we are 
sending off some of our crude to be processed. It's extremely expensive. It goes all the way to California and then it comes back. But it's in this powder form that we can then dissolve into liquids. And that's how we're um, producing our elderberry syrup. So we are actually in the process of um, transitioning to renting some space in a commercial kitchen, um, producing our elderberry syrup, which is all organic from start to finish, and then dissolving that water-soluble CBD into the elderberry syrup. And so in that way, you can take a tablespoon of elderberry syrup that's been infused with CBD and get your dose of elderberry and your dose of CBD. But uh, recently I had someone tell me, oh, I just, you know, I loved your idea. So I just dumped my oil tincture into my elderberry and yeah, no, that doesn't work. Doesn't work. You know, I even noticed a local business that was selling, you know, shakes with um, CBD in it, but it's not water soluble. So it's really, you're wasting your money if you, if you just drop it in a drink. Swallow it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Janie, this is so fascinating. I had no idea there was this much to CBD oil. Yeah, it's been uh, it's been super fun for me to you know have to become an expert on this. You know, when you're growing the plants and then producing the products, it's you know, I it's my job to know everything that's possible to know. I'm still learning, especially in terms of the growing process. I'll just share briefly that we just yeah. grow a very few number of plants, just enough to, to give us the crude that we need for our small batches. We do everything by hand. And so we get to know our plants, you know, um, you might've seen on the website or on the Facebook page, you know, we had, when we had a full greenhouse of plants, you know, we called them the cannabels. They're all female plants, by the way. So if anybody's interested in that, they're all females, there's no males involved. Um, make whatever joke you want to at this point. Um, but uh, now that we're hydroponic, we have even fewer plants because we can grow bigger plants that produce more. So all the plants have a name. And we've recently lost Charlene and we don't know why. Charlene just, we, you know, we check on the plants multiple times a day and uh, we, we, there's a lot of testing involved with hydroponics. You know, you have to test the water and the nutrient levels and the lighting and everything. Charlene one day was doing great. And the next day, Charlene was no more. And so Charlene, I know poor Charlene. It's, it was really very sad. We were all, you know, and we, we have not figured out why in the world Charlene left, left us so early, you know? Um, But that's the kind of stuff that we're still figuring out, you know, as a hydroponic grower, uh, it's, it's all, (laughs) It's very challenging. You just, you know, keeping that ecosystem exactly balanced the way it needs to be to grow the plants is is quite something. But the payoff is a completely clean product. And um, I just feel really good about being able to say that to my customers. You will absolutely find more expensive products on the market, but you will not find a cleaner product. And I can guarantee you of that. There's no possible way that plants grown outside are as clean as the plants I'm growing. It just, it's, it's, it's impossible because of the nature of the plant. And so that feels really good to me. I have lots of clients who are using this product with, with their kids, lots of special needs kids, because that's kind of my niche and, you know, my own child. And so um, my commitment to a perfectly clean product is, it goes very deep as you can imagine. 
Yeah, I would imagine so. Well, I so appreciate you sharing. This is probably like, what, 2% of what you know about CBD? Yeah. You know, I'm a typical teacher. Like, don't get me started on something. We could have a lesson all day long. (laughs) Well, I am so thankful that you took the time today to chat with me about this and to share what you know with listeners. I mean, this is fascinating. And I can tell it's the tip of the iceberg. I'm so sorry about Charlene. I say this looking <laughs> at my um, Monstera plant named Viola Davis, and oh, yeah. I'm thinking about, gosh, I hope Viola Davis is okay. <laughs> I know. I have a Monstera and I, that I love too, um, so we we share that in common. But yeah, um, if, any, if any of your listeners have any other questions, you know, of course, they can drop them in the comments, and I will be happy to monitor those and and pontificate all day long on anything anybody wants to know. Well, I'll make sure to link your website and your Facebook page um, and, you know, ways to contact you. But I really appreciate your time today. Thank you for um, spending some time on this rainy, dreary, ugh, really <laughs> Kind of horrible, sad day. So this has been a fun little um, bit of my afternoon. I really appreciate you being with me today. It's my pleasure, Karen, anytime. Okay, thanks. Links and other information mentioned are in today's show notes. This episode was written, recorded, and produced by me, Karen Shore, with music by Doug Maxwell and Meteorite Productions. Be well, friends. Until next time.